What's happening? This is the Tap In Podcast. I had to get a call in from um, one of the Tap In's favorite groups, um, United Streets of America. I got Bride D, OG Bride D on the phone, and also Hey Rue of United Streets of America. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, man? Man, so I I wanted to tap in with y'all because I see y'all kicking up a lot of dust right now. You know what I mean? Um, I see that one. I see y'all got a new clubhouse room started, right? Yeah, we got Compton ready. Yeah, for sure. Nice streets of America presents Compton ready. Okay, okay. And then I also seen um. On YouTube, y'all getting that whack, man. What's going on with that? Oh, man, the brother just putting false paperwork out, man, on people, man, and putting false jackets on people and bullying too many people, man, and he's bullying these young dudes, man, that's coming up in the industry, man, you know, and trying to basically destroy their character, assassinate their character, and destroy their livelihoods for nothing, man. Just so he can capitalize it, but he alleged he's a multimillionaire, so why are you destroying people trying to come up? And when you saying he trying to put uh, those jackets, who, who you speaking on specifically? He called 40, 40, he called 40 Glock a snitch. 40 Glock is into his paperwork. Wasn't that mm. fraudulent with him. Oh, uh, okay. Know? You know, and the criminality, you know, when you get into, you know, he's, he's talking madness about legal litigation. And I often say this, man, you know, Freedom Information Act on certain things, man, when it, it you know, if, if if you if you and I got to a dispute, uh, Dante, uh-huh. the avenue if, if you and I got into a dispute in a business sense, the, the the normal thing for us to do as businessmen is to sue one another. It happens all the time in the industry. Now, if you and I were to get into somewhere, you uh, there's something criminal. We were both involved in the street life then going to them people would be snitching. You know? So when you throw, throw the allegations that the brother's a snitch and the brother paperwork come up on this criminal criminality and there's no snitching in it, then what are you doing, man? Why are you doing shit like that? So that's what we stepped in at, man. Enough is enough, man. So here's my thing. Where Where's the lines? Because it, it seems like sometimes it, the lines get blurred between street shit and then business shit you know what i mean especially like in the music industry the lines sometimes get blurred a little bit and i'm assuming that that the whole 40 glock thing had to do with game um a few years back probably like 06 07 when uh when they when game and 40 glock had got into a little scuffle um outside of a party and then later on uh 40 glock went and sued game right yeah. So at what yeah, point? So what's crazy? Go ahead. What's crazy about this? What's crazy about all this is that uh, Dante is like what you saying. The lie get lies get blurred, right? And and the deal with a lot of this is that what people from the outside looking in gotta see is that most of these cats that y'all think is street, or 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 or. You know, it's thorough or whatever you may be thinking from the perception based on the image and the music. It's really not that. 
and when people be hearing these stories, man, like what people got to start thinking about is that when you see somebody that's presenting themselves as blood or crib or whatever they doing, don't none of that matter if you're not doing what you're doing to the opposition. So if you hear people, they did this to an industry dude or they did this or they did that or they exploited this person, that don't really mean nothing. Because they wasn't doing that to somebody who was from the streets that was a fish. You understand? Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I'm going to say to the lines getting blurred. You understand? With the, the situation with Game and 40 Glock, and from my perception at the time, me being a hip hop head, uh, I fuck with Game music. And I was I was one of the ones that was rooting for game when he went with the whole situation with fifty cent. So when the when the deal popped up with forty and me not knowing the ins and outs and the politics and everything at the time, I was like, you know, looking at forty block a certain type of way until I started learning the things that I needed to know from a street perspective. You know. So when people saw that footage and everything else, they just thought, oh, man, game beating the hell out of 40 Glock. What 40 told us, though, was that it was like eight dudes that was there that had already jumped on And they had burners. So now, again, you messing up somebody's livelihood because from the outside looking in, people don't really know what's going on. And they just see game. Which, if somebody really fighting, homie, they not holding a cell phone and recording it at the same time. Mm, yeah. So the game, game is hitting him, and Forty just letting him hit him. Forty had already been jumped on by a bunch of dudes already. So now game got the phone in one hand and he hit him with the other hand. So we got to understand this is show business. It's a business of putting on a show. So in that situation, Forty was was in his right to do what he did as far as suing dude, because you messing up this man livelihood because he a, a a street affiliated rapper who really is a real rip, and you making him look like he's some sucker by punching on him on camera, and you not telling people the whole story of what really happened. So with a lot of this stuff, bro, that's. That's why we thankful for people like you that's actually willing to ask the question so we can get to the bottom of what's really going on and what really happens in a lot of these scenarios because from the outside looking in, people will never really know what really took place. They just see the 30-minute clip or the two-minute clip or whatever, and then they make their decision based on that. Yeah, yeah. Now, let me say something. Let me say something. Okay, First off, they initiated by uploading that film. Now, let's, let's let's talk business. Let's say I have a this is this is a, a hypothetical situation, Dante. Okay. I have a five businesses that I own, and they're very lucrative. And I say, yeah, they say that Dante Studio. There's guys running around screwing sheep in the studio, and uh, Dante sitting there watching them screw sheep. And I just throw that to the public. Hell no. Dante could sue, sue me for defamation of character. He could sue me for defamation of character. He could sue me for putting a false narrative out. He could sue me for lying. That's business. 
That's mm. business. But now if I'm in the street life and I stop at Dante's studio and I say, yeah, man, uh, there was a pimp in there, man. And his home was solicited at Dante's studio. That's snitching. Why am I telling the law or people about what's going on in the studio? That's an illegality. Mm. You dig what I'm saying? So when you draw that line, tell the truth on the video. You got four or five dudes that got pistols on and you're filming something. Okay, four to five dudes got pistols on me. I don't know what I could say right now. No one knows what they could say unless they're in that position. Well, four or five dudes got pistols on you, and you don't know if they're going to shoot or not. And one dude is socking you out. And then they upload it to the world to see. So they initiated the litigation on the legality. If Tom Cruise, Denzel Washington, Tyler Perry was a pop paparazzi in the nose, the people chase them taking pictures. What that paparazzi gonna do? Well, sue him. Yeah. So let me what ask. What did Harry do to Suge Knight? He sued what him. What did Harry do to Suge Knight? He sued him. He took him to court, did he not? Yeah. And the litigation was granted in his favor. Is that snitching? What was he supposed to do? Suge, man, you didn't even break me off. I would have shut it up if you would have broke me off the right thing, but you didn't break me off. So you know what? My lawyer gonna contact your lawyer. That's business. But see the way that the way that Wack 100 put it out there is as if everybody, you know, he was going to court. You know, he got that case in Minnesota. He's snitching. He tried to make it look like his criminal case that he had in Minnesota that he was a rat on it. So he presented all his paperwork. See, if you want to go thin lines, why are you fucking with Tuskasi, whatever his fucking name is? I don't even know how to pronounce that weirdo's name. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to go thin line, you a street dude fucking with a rat. Yeah, yeah, and I, I heard I heard the video where uh, hey Rue, you was you was really going at him about the six nine thing. What is the what is your actual position on whack working with a uh, six nine? Well, well, and, and really, I did. I didn't go out. I didn't go in. I take because I really could have pressed the line on whack and. What I started seeing him, I saw him as a spin master after we got on the phone together. You know, I mean, on the podcast together. So I just let him live, bro. And because, like, we don't want to be bullies and we don't want to, um, we don't want to make it seem as if, you know, we trying to do all this controversial bullshit out here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you, if you listen to that whole clip long enough, I started backing off on him and I let him live. But um, with the whole Takashi situation, how I look at it is this. If that was going to be a business move that he was going to make, that's his business. But what Wack has been doing is he's been attacking all of these real credible people. Like he, he got in a room with some dudes from New York and they was trying to make the dude Corey King look bad who's a reputable uh, uh, blood from NY. Mm-hmm. You know? So, when you start doing that, see, with with that coming out, and if it came out the wrong way, it could have got that man killed. So, that's, those are the type of things I got a real problem with. And, and what we start to see more and more of is with this industry bullshit, right? It's like, we gonna glorify the rats, the suckers, and the busters, and we gonna make 
real street dudes look like, uh, uh, you know, they're not credible. So that's what really bothers me, man. You know, uh, not to bring up no names, but you know, like what what the dude down there who was causing all the controversy down there. We we came up and we pulled up. You know, uh, uh, it's like all it's it's an all out move to try to discredit real street people because you know these suckers out here want to keep making money and keep fooling the public. You know. So here here's my take on it. Right, I feel like. Ever since the, the internet or when, when people start seeing that you can really monetize off the internet, I'm starting to see more and more really street dudes trying to get money off the internet. And I think that's what's really watering down the street dudes. I don't know if it's necessarily like um, either whack or because, listen, I'm not a street dude at all. But I know everything that's going on in the streets because all I do is just tune in to YouTube. I tune in to, to Clubhouse and I'm listening and everybody's on there telling or everybody explaining shit. And it's just like you don't really even have to be a street dude to even know what's going on in the streets no more. And I feel like that's what's really watering down street dudes nah, that, that are real official. Nah, bro. Let me say something about that. You might know some of the things that's going on in the streets. Right. But, like, the real street dudes is really putting in work, is really stepping on shit, is really out here pressing a line. Man, they not coming on no no clubhouse, no YouTube, no none of it. You know, um, I got uh, uh, one of my guys out of Chicago. Um, he from the west side of Chicago, the Holy City. And me and him was talking last night about it. And he was like, he was like, yeah, G, he was like, you know, ain't none of them guys going to come on the podcast, but they respect y'all and they, they really want y'all to know that y'all doing some real shit, huh? You know, and I got uh, a, another guy that's a GD that lives down in Florida. And, you know, he and Bridal, uh have talked, uh, I think, a few times on the phone. And, um, he respect and he, he salute everything that we doing, but he ain't gonna come on no podcast and make no statements or talk about nothing, you know. Yeah. So when it's all said and done, what we're seeing is this, bro. If you start looking at what started happening in the industry, at some point, and I really think um, from my vantage point, it may go back to maybe like Master P. When, when dudes saw that Master P was a dude that was from the streets and he got up in this music thing and he he made like $300 million in maybe like a three, four year time period and dudes started seeing that, you started seeing more and more dudes that was affiliated that, that, that had street money to start jumping in the rap game, right? Mm-hmm. And see, now it's more of the... Uh, the opposite. See, the it's not a lot of industry dudes no more. It's a lot of real street dudes that starting to get into the music thing. And they, the, see, what we got to think about is that the FBI, local law enforcement, they all looking at this. Exactly. So now, if, if it's somebody, if it's somebody who, like, you know, because I'm going to tell you, uh, Shorty Low, that was my man. 
you know, um, one of my guys, when I was in the street hustling, that was Shawty Lowe, uh, second cousin. So, Shawty Lowe was really everything that he rapped about and everything that he said in his lyrics, he was really that. And, um, you know, he was able to get out of the street and make millions and millions of dollars hustling a different way. So, that type of thing, you know, they don't want us to be able to slip through these cracks on so now we got to start looking at it like why are they embracing weirdos why is it people like dj academics that has such a huge presence why is it all of these people that you could tell that they really not from the fabric and they really not from the cloth but they out here talking about real stuff that's going on in the streets and you can see that they breaking the rules that they don't understand the streets because the way they talk about things that happen in the streets so from my vantage point I look at it like it's these squares and these busters that's the industry dudes that are trying to act as if they are the in the streets dudes you know and I think it's uh, it's multiple reasons I think for one like I said you know uh, the powers that be don't want brothers to be able to get out of the fight and actually be able to become successful businessmen. And then um, if enough real street dudes start to get into the industry, it's going to push all of these squares and these these busters that are, you know, making a living off of uh, being culture vultures, it's going to push them out the way, you know. So people got to understand what's really going on, man. See, then, then another thing, like, okay, if I was still in the streets, there's no way that I would be a co-host of Compton Ready. There's no way that you would be getting this interview. There's no way of anything if I was still in the streets. Yeah. That's one. Two, because I'm no longer in the streets, I still won't see on street business because I still have an alliance to the streets on my former lifestyle, killing my DNA of certain codes and rules. It's just like, like a while back, me and my, my, my homie plus my little cousin, little pop, was doing an interview with Melly Mel, the Hood Postman. Okay? And he has this podcast. He's a business partner with ours, but he has the Hood Postman. And if you tap in on, no pun intended, but if you tap in on the Hood Postman interview of OG Bride D and Lil Pop, they ask us about Indian Red Boy. We both say that's not our business. That's Dabu business, and we can't comment on that. Now, if I was one of these fake-ass former wannabe fake-ass street dudes, I would have spoke highly on it. I would have said all this crap about it. And I would have said, well, man, this happened, or this is the reason that happened, and this is happened. But because of my DNA as a loyalty, per se, to the streets still, not a loyalty as an active participant, but in respecting the rules and regulations of the streets, I said what is supposed to be said. It's not our business, man. We ain't got no comment on that. So what happens now is you take dudes that are similar to myself that have left the streets, right? But now they get in these industries. And by getting in these industries, they have these busters who now you are my artist. And I introduce you to my nephew and his little entourage. And y'all all the same names. Y'all smoking bloods together, talking females. So you the buster artist. All of a sudden, you a street dude. 
Right. You start acting accordingly now that you're taking these entourages to these backstage concerts, and these entourages are really in the streets. But they fascinate. Let me ask you, Brody. Do do street dudes? Do you ever do you ever graduate from being in the streets or or that alliance? Do is there ever a point where you just say, you know, this is who I was, and that's the chapter behind me, and now I'm on to doing other things, and you know, I may I may know because from what I see, it's like it's a new generation where now it's a new new young game and where people are it's different rules now you know what i mean and so i would i would think as an og you like yeah i did my time in the streets but now i'm on to other things i'm doing other things that made that transition. Okay, this is the analogy I use. You know, it's no big secret that I just did 18 years straight in the federal prison system as a poor my poor choices in life, you know. So this is the analogy I use. When I got out of the feds, I became a snake. Now, a lot of people say, whoa, whoa, how could you say you're a snake? No, listen to this, follow the analogy. A snake sheds its skin every 22 days. I shedded my skin. The snake, when it sheds that skin, that skin holds no relevancy. It can't even make a snake skin belt, the skin that was shed. He becomes a whole new snake now. Same person, but just a different skin. That's the same thing with me. I shed all that street stuff when I left the feds. I shed all that prison stuff. It no longer holds relevancy in my life. So I went in a different direction. Part of that journey has led to me being on tap in right now. I'm no longer a street dude. But I'm a dude up the streets. It's a difference. But I am not a civilian in the sense of if uh, I was in a bank and some guys came in and robbed it and I noticed the guy had a green tattoo on his thumb, I'm not going to tell the law that. Straight out. Because I still respect the protocol of the streets. But now if I have a business and a guy comes in there and he robs my business and he's on film robbing my business... I'm going to say the film speaks for itself. Don't ask me. I don't know. I can't see out my left eye. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, so I'm not going to tell on this guy. It's just not in me, man. You know, and then people try to throw a scenario. Well, what if you see a man raping a woman or harming a child? Well, guess what? The street in me kicked in then. I harm him to the best of my ability. But if I see a man still in the car, it ain't got nothing to do with me. That car better be insured. And hope the insurance company covered because you just it's still a tightrope that you walk when you are formerly up the streets. But isn't but now, that part of your if, isn't that part of your transition? Like you no longer because that one guy that's still in that car, you know, if he get away, he could maybe come back and steal your car. Well, that's why I pay my insurance. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You know, because, you know, but now, now, but now, but now watch this. If that guy is Dante of Tapio Fane, and he says, yes, I just did an interview with Brian D, and Brian D said this, and Brian D said that, and Brian D said this, and I say to Dante on the back channel line, man, you need to retract that. I didn't say that. 
And if Dante says, man, I'm not retracting nothing, that's what I'm standing on. You said that. And I'm saying, but man, you don't have any recordings of me saying that. You don't have any proof of verification. You know what, man? Since I'm a businessman, homie, and I try to give you an opportunity as man to man and being a former street dude, talk to my lawyer, bro. So now I'm going to have you counteract my initiated litigation because we're both businessmen. That's not snitching. That's business. That's making the transition from a street person to a business person. And people get those lines blurred like that. You, When you are in corporate America, you initiate litigation. When you in Compton America, you initiate to left and right. Yes. That's what you initiate. Yeah. I always... We, we, going back to that uh, that 40 Glock and game thing, that that is interesting because it started, I feel like it started in the streets. You know what I mean? And then 40 Glock, you know, was like, you know, this is my chance where I can get me a bag. You know, I already took the ass whooping, so y'all got that one, but I'm going to get this one. From the outside looking in, that's how it looked. Yeah, yeah, and that's how, that's, how it's, that's how it's presented to the public, okay? Me, I, I reserve the right to comment on that. I, this, that's just how I take that. But I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer. And when you initiate things to assault a person's livelihood and you call yourself in the industry or the business, you open your door for litigation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now one, one thing I want to say: Do I agree with certain things? My magic, my magic phrase: I can agree, disagree with a lot of things. That's my right as a human being. That's my right as a man, and that's that my integrity as a man allows me the right to agree, to disagree. So certain things that I, I you know, but one thing for sure, two things for certain: There's no agree to disagree on this. The 6 9 cat, the door was open, engaged in criminal activity. He observed criminal activity. He was complicit to criminal activity. And when he got caught up as a result of the criminal activity, he did with what did? What did he turn into? Yeah. Do those who don't know legalities or the law, a 5K1 is a federal form in which you become a government informant or snitch. Or witness. So therefore, by him associating himself with them guys, putting those guys in his videos, saying this is what he is, disrespecting, as they say these days, ops of those guys, partying with those guys, so on and so on and so on. He made himself a part of that. And when the when it got hot to kitchen, he couldn't take the heat. So he did what he with with with, with a, a scud bucket in that lifestyle does. Be snitched. Yeah, I mean, I I don't personally agree with with what he did at all. You know, what I mean, just on the on a moral standpoint. You know, what I mean, but as I do my research on 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 organized gangs, even all the way back from the mafia, most of those guys got taken down by their own people, right? By their own gang. Because of everybody telling, you know what I'm saying, and it's it's just it just seems like is nothing has changed from even back in the 50s and 60s when there were mobs, 
in the mafia in New York was running New York. Everybody got taken down. The reason why the mob is no longer, I guess, uh, a public thing is because it's, it's been everybody's been told on and everybody who's went to jail or either you got killed by your own your own partner that, that was just standing next to you the, the previous day. In my... Go ahead. Well, see, well, well, and this is this is why United Streets of America is so important for our community to understand, right? Because it goes back to what I was saying about these brothers is getting into the industry and leaving the streets and being able to legitimize themselves. See, what we got to be mindful of is that for one. Uh, this culture they glorify the mafia they make movies like The Godfather and, and Goodfellas and Casino and all these different movies where they glorify and real quick real quick hey, and how many of these clowns call themselves Gotti but as soon as he got to the feds he tried to pay the AB money to kill the blacks in the feds and behind closed doors call us all the N-words all these Gotti's want to emulate him go on Abu. right I agree but uh and he all over the court saying, think of this and think of that and all kinds of stuff like that. But, um, but, uh, what, see, what we got to understand about what was allowed to happen with these Europeans that indulged in street life and everything else, they have been allowed to legitimize their money. So, look at the, look at the Godfather where, uh, uh, Michael Corleone trying to get his wife back and he's saying in five years the Corleone family will be completely legit. And then by the time you get to the Godfather Part 3 he makes the deal with the Vatican and everything else. See, like we gotta look, we gotta look at these examples and learn from them and understand that a lot of these people that what you would call Italian mobsters or whatever the case may be there's two things that people need to know. They have they have always been controlled by the Jews. So even when the commission of the uh, the five families was set up in New York, when they tell you that uh, it was a man named Ivan Roth who was controlling the money. And then, uh, secondly, we have to see that a lot of them have been allowed to legitimize their money. So if you start doing the research, you'll start finding out that a lot of these uh, sanitation contracts and, and, and bottling companies and things like that that are up in um, New England areas like Boston and, and, and New York and Jersey and Philadelphia, they control by former mobsters. You know? So yeah. we talking about we talking about uh, uh, companies that generate millions and millions and millions of dollars. You see... So that's why going back to understanding what I was saying about, you know, these brothers that are actually getting out of the streets from hustling and selling dope and everything else and are able to flip their money into something legitimate. This is something that the powers that be, whether you want to say the white man or whatever you want to say, bro, they don't want this to happen, man. So that's the uh, the one thing I wanted to say. And then... Um, Secondly, I kind of want to uh, piggyback off of something right off was saying a minute ago and go back to what uh, was being said um, when you were talking about the whole situation with uh, 
with the with the lawsuit. Uh, you know, everybody knows Harry O. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and it ain't no secret about what homie, you know, what type of money he was getting and everything else. But he was being made to look like the bad guy for somebody like Suge Knight. Suge Knight is the ultimate fool. Because all he had to do was run his record label, man. We talking about, we talking about, man, we, this dude had Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and Tupac, man. And he, and, and he was being made to look like he was the good dude, and Harry O was the bad guy. So, you know, we, we got to understand, man, how people play these games and they paint these narratives. And we got to get to the point to where we're smart enough to see through the BS that they try to put in our face. Yeah. So, when, when, when it comes to when you were just saying about, you know, the, the mob legitimizing their business, at what point do do black street organizations get out the street and try to legitimize their business? Like at what point at what point do we, you know, I guess get away from from street code into going into full fledged businessman? Because there's I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a way to be successful in the streets and successful uh, in business when you got one foot in the other. You know what I mean? Right. So that's that's the whole point of what I'm trying to convey is that like we got to see that there have been examples. So again, I say Master P. You know. Uh, and anybody who really know what was going on with No Limit and know about C-Murder for real and, and Soldier Slim for real, you know, like, I, I, you know, I got a lot of fam from uh, N.O., right? Yeah. Man, them dudes was, them dudes is, is everything they say they were saying in their music, right? But you see what Master P started to say, hey, man, I started leave that street stuff alone, homie, and, and you know I wanted to focus on running my business. Like he let it be known that he was making uh, uh, the transition, you know. And a lot of um, a lot of the uh, people that you've seen um, from like for instance from Atlanta, Rocco is a real street dude. You know, Rocco uh, got up in the game. He uh, put Future out after he. He uh, popped his music off, and Rocco got up out the streets, and he worked millions and millions of dollars now. And that's another street dude that he he had to go and he had to take his boy Future to court to get the the, the rights to his money that he owed. Mm. You know, so if there are examples, man, of of guys who have um, learned how to be street dudes and make the transition to become a businessman. I tell people all the time, when I was in the streets, I started off with a half ounce and I turned it into a few of them things. So you can't tell me that I don't know how to hustle and run a Fortune 500 company. You know? So that's the 
the uh, the journey that, that we we have to get to, and some of us have done it. You know, they don't want a lot of us to be doing this because think about it: the more and more brothers that can come out of the streets and trans uh, uh, form themselves into legitimate businessmen, what they doing? They taking all the little homies from the hood and they giving them jobs. They putting the little homies who can rap, they putting them in the studio. And they got little homies that that uh, uh, learning the, the music game. So when you see every one of these camps, when you see Yo Gotti, when you see Jay-Z, when you see all of these people that used to be in the streets that now come out of the streets and make millions of dollars, you got to also see past just the person who rapping. And you got to see all of the homeboys this, this, uh, one of them might be a manager. Another one might be uh, learning how to um, be a, a, a sound engineer. One of them might be learning how to do promotions. One of them might be the person that just worked radio for them. Yeah. But now these are these these jobs that was in the streets. I'm the lookout. I'm the shooter. I'm the runner. Now all of these dudes are now transforming themselves, and they making the same amount of money or even more money legitimately so you know this is a problem to the people who want us to be mass incarcerated and be behind the wall you know yeah we gotta start looking at what it really is what you say no i was gonna say and you know i i agree with everything you're saying and at the same time when you transition it over to that legitimate business sometimes you're gonna have to do business with some people who didn't take their lick in the street they they are snitches they are informants or former informants you know what i mean at what point do you say you know what what happened in the streets is different than what's happening inside the building because that i mean on on like I feel like that's what Wack is doing. You know what I mean? No, 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 He's no, not? no, no, no. I'm answering this. I'm answering this. Okay. I'm you off and I'm answering this. First of all, every word that comes out your mouth, that's on pie root. So by constantly saying that's on pie root, you, you, you advocating that that holds more weight to you than 90% of the things that's going on in your life. You advocating that that's my line, that I'm not going to violate the code of that. That's what you say when you say, that's on Pyro. That's on Pyro. Okay? You have dudes that have died for Pyro. You have dudes that have life sentences for Pyro. You have dudes that are in wheelchairs for Pyro. So when you throw that's on Pyro, that means you are abiding by the rules and regulations of Pyro. So when birds of a feather flock together, if you're running with a rat, use a rat because you're complicit to the rat snitching. You condone it to the rat snitching. And you know if the rat get into something, he's going to snitch again. So by you constantly advocating that you are a part of the streets and your alliances are to pie root and nothing from the pie roots. Because Slick from Pie got on my head last night. Boy, Slick, you something else, Jack. But he got on my head last night because he sticks to the codes of pie root. He ain't gonna run with no rats. He ain't gonna have nobody around him that's a rat. And he ain't gonna have nobody that violates the ethics and codes of what he is. 
a pyro, stand up dude. So even so, even no. in transitioning to legitimate business, no, no, you don't straddle the fence, homie. Okay. The reason I wasn't when I was in the street life, I made money slanging dope. I made money than a, than, than a lot of more people in life made money. But I couldn't be a successful drug dealer in the street life because I straddled the gang banking and the, the hustling. The two don't mix. So you can't straddle corporate America and concrete America, meaning the streets. Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. This dude act like he's still of the street and this is what he projects to the masses. Remember, we're only 2%. The street element and the criminal element is only 2% of society. So to 98% of society, he advocates as if he's of the streets, not formerly of the streets, but a continuum of the streets because he's kind of saying that's on par root. So now do you understand the blurred line once again? You can't have your cake and eat it too. It's an old saying, man. Shit have get off the pot. It's one or the other. You can't mix the two. So, if you want to sit up here and act like you advocate you street, then you're going to have street dudes around you that still engage in criminal conduct. Your company's going to go down like like like, a, like the Titanic. So stop faking. See, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm a co-founder of United Streets of America. America. A co-founder of Malcolm there's no way that I'm going to be associated with the streets and destroy what we've built and what we're building. That that don't make no sense. Why be in the crack house if you're not selling crack? So don't be acting like a crack dealer. Yeah, I'm not in the crack house. I don't sell crack. I'm not in the streets as a participant of street activity. I'll go to right. functions where there are dudes that are still in the streets, but you know what? I don't know what their business is, but I know the dude is still hustling. But he and I are not going to go sit down in corporate America together. I'm not going to go to where he's doing his business. I'm not going to be associated with that aspect of it. But we can have a, 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 a conversation in a public setting. But there's no need for me to go sitting down with him and his guys when they're discussing the next endeavor in the street life. I'm not a part of that. I don't yeah. want to know about that. It's just not my business. What do I want to know about that for? I don't live that life any longer. Yeah. So you have to understand that, man. Yeah. And let me I can't get down those dudes that's hustling. Right. And I'm not going to sit up there and say, man, that's on Compton. That's on Carver Park. Now, once I said, that's on Carver Park. To the person on the inside and on the outside, it's like, yeah, he's still about it. That's fraudulent, man. So then that sends a message to the wannabe street dudes. He accepts he accept snitches. He's, right. he, he, can get, he can get somebody killed now. This is how he can get someone killed. I mean, that dude a snitch right there. Shit, Whack 100 can say a dude a snitch and don't nothing happen to him. I can say a dude a snitch. Unfortunately, and I don't know if this is true or not, but this is the strong word on the streets. They say the prolific, one of the greats, one of the who I have so much admiration for what he put down in the community and what he did. And I think every urban city dude should use it as a, a, a blueprint. 
of what to do in your community. They allege, from what I hear, I don't know, I'm not from 60s, and I'm just saying this is only my opinion of what I heard. They say Nipsey Hussle called a dude a snitch. They say he didn't have no paperwork. They say, I don't say this, I don't know this, I don't know this, y'all, but they say he didn't have no paperwork in hand. They said the guy came back and did what he did. Now, do I agree with what happened? Of course not, because I just got up on the young man. And I, I got up on everything outside of my side of the industry, what he was doing. But if I was still in the streets, I said, man, you don't call nobody a snitch unless you can back it up. And the dude you call a snitch got every right to do what he want to do in the streets, on street protocol, when you put a jacket on. The street dude can bust you. Even in prison, if I say that dude's a snitch and I don't have no paperwork, the dude who I said is a snitch can come stab me up. And everybody say, man, he didn't have nothing to back it up. But then if it comes out later that the dude was actually a snitch, then it becomes, see, it's a double-edged sword. Right. Like, oh, that was fucked up, man. But if you can't back up what you're saying at that moment, you can't put that jacket you know on. Yeah. But on Clubhouse and other avenue, uh, and other uh, other media outlets, you call it, Wax 100's calling someone a snitch with no paperwork to back up what he's saying. So what happens when them fans, because he has a lot of fans, and I call him a social media marketing genius because of the way, I don't agree with how he do it, but the way he's built up his fan base, that's that's genius. But he's predicated on he's predicated on bullshit that'll get somebody else killed. That'll get some dude who'll sit up there and say, you know, some square dude who want to emulate the rappers and the way they dress and all this, wanted the dude up the street go to jail who's really about that business and he get out on the technicality and then the dude thinks, oh man, he's a snitch, man. Don't nobody go to jail like that. He's a snitch. And then that dude who really bought his business don't come give him no snitches. Yeah, he give him a snitch because they say when you die, they saw your eyelids up. He give him some <laughs> snitches, all right, some permanent ones. So on the, on the paperwork, you let me ask you this, Brad. Let me let me say let me say this go ahead. about that Deontay, real, real quick, man. Um, homie came in. You know, I don't know if, what all you listen to, but homie said he'll do business with a clansman, man. I don't know if you. No, I, didn't, I didn't hear that part. But, yeah, so one one of the guys who be in our rooms, um, this guy named E, um, he said, uh, is there anything that would make you uh, not want to do business with somebody since you're saying you'll do business with, with 6 9 and anybody else who done told? And he said, he said he'll do business with a class. You saying he so like now, in what? Yeah, Wax said that. Mm. So I want everybody who hear this uh, uh, interview to, to know that this is what this dude said, you know. And like I said, I could have pushed the line on him and said, so you willing to do business with somebody and make millions of dollars with somebody that will be going to uh, buy guns and give to his comrades that will go out and kill your people in is what you're saying, you know. So, again, that's that double-edged sword and, and see – when people take these clips and they throw them out there on YouTube, you know, if a person haven't heard the whole conversation, it'll look like, oh, Rod Dog and Gangsta and Melly Mel and them dudes, they bullying what? You know, and then the whole PR spending comes with it because, like Rod Dog said, these people that's his fun boys that just be in the room with him, that just probably not street, don't know nothing about the streets. And they just, uh, you know, jerking him off because they trying to get in the music industry and they want to be rappers or whatever the case may be, you know. 
people not hearing, you know, everything that's being said and they don't know the full context. So that becomes very important as well. Duke said that, man. So that means he, <laughs> you will get him, you will get in business and, 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 and do that. Then that lets me know that you're willing to compromise your morals and integrity and everything else. So to me, I look at you like you a snitch. You see, I want to say this real quick. This is how this is how this is how stupid these dudes are. I was in a room the other night on Clubhouse. It was a young man named Blake on there, and on his bio he has stiff whack one hundred supporter, meaning that he strongly supports whack. So whack gets on there, he pops into the room, trolling me. That's what you was doing. You popped into the room, and he calls the boy a weirdo. A bitch, a this and the boys like, but you know what? I'm a fan, and this is a kid named Blake out of Utah. He tell me ain't shit in Utah, and then you buster, and the dude is like, but man, okay, whack man, I'm gonna try to get it right. And it's like, damn, dude, where's your integrity as a man? But he talked so salty to this man who he just met, but this man is so loyal, so groupified, if that's a word, <laughs> that he accepted all that ridicule. He accepted all right. that talking salty to you. And so, see, like a dude said to me, oh, man, you let Wax say this, you let Wax say that when you was interviewing him. No. I use the analogy of real quick, man, of the frog and the scorpion. It starts raining, the scorpion's going to drown. He begs the frog, please let me get on your back. The frog says, no, you're going to kill me. He says, I promise you, man, just please, please let me get on your back. So the frog hops him across all the puddles so he doesn't drown. Then he stings the frog. And the frog and his dying breath say, why, man? Why you do me? The scorpion said, it's just my nature. So what I'm saying is when I was interviewing Wack, it's his nature to talk loud and do this. I just let him go on and talk, 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 because I knew I was going to have 40 Glock on there on a calm conversation the next day with all of his paperwork the next day. Because, see, I don't care about nothing. If you're a rat, you're a rat. I'm not interviewing you. are not coming on our platform. Bottom line. If you're a rat from what I deem as a rat. In criminal activity, if you have told on anyone you are not coming on United Streets of America presents Compton Ready. You're not coming on our platform. You're not going to be around us. You're yeah. not going to be in the same circles we try. And You're also, affiliated associated with us. I don't care how much of corporate America we in. If you are a dude that's told on a dude in the, what is our foundation, the street life, even though we made the transition, we're not going to have you around us, man. Yeah. Bottom line. And, and also... And Brian D, if you can, because I um I listened to your uh, your clubhouse last night on uh, UOD, where you were breaking down certain terms and certain things on paperwork, and also I don't even know like what's real paperwork because I've seen people making faulty paperwork and making up paperwork like so. If you can, real quick, like break down. How do you know just by some of the terms or some of the phrases that's on the paperwork to let you know if you are a snitch or are you working with the government? Okay, 5K1. If it says in your sentencing transcripts on paperwork or any paperwork that this man signed a 5K1, that means right. he's a snitch. But now, dudes type up some paperwork. Dudes are typing it since Rule 35. He's a snitch. Dudes are make up paperwork. So what you do, the same way that a crip knows how to say cuz when he starts cripping, a blood knows how to say blood when he starts, uh, you know, banging bloods, the same way a GD knows how to say folks, and the same way a vice lord knows how to say peoples. 
you need to learn these key words just like you know them. Findlaw.com, Westlaw.com, LexisNexis.com. You need to learn. I can go to the library and download any of those for free in a case. That should become the second thing or the first thing before you learn how to say cuz, blood, peoples, or folks. So then that way, if you have a suspected idea about someone, you can go pull the paperwork down. You can pull down their sentence and transcripts. You can pull down if the government requests that this be filed under seal. Only thing the government requesting is to protect their own. That means that person's a snitch. Filed under seal doesn't necessarily mean you're a snitch unless it says the key word. EX-PARTE, ex parte application for the government's request to be filed under seal. You remember that phrase? Just remember this part. Government request. The dude's a snitch. The government is protecting their own. You have what's called a PACER, P-A-C-E-R, docket sheet. That tells everything a person goes to court for. If you went to court on an accident today and it wasn't your day to go to court, it'll say it was what's called a dry run. Went to court on an accident. So that's all you got to remember. So any dudes want to find anything out about uh, Ledger Snitch, findlaw.com, westlaw.com, LexisNexis. It rhymes like a rap. LexisNexis.com. Pace for docket sheet. Freedom of information. Go to the public library. Don't believe anybody mouth. Let me say something real quick too, Don. Go ahead, Aru. This is important. All right. Check this out, man. Like, why would somebody go and make fake paperwork, bro? They trying to hide something. Think about that. No. Oh, they trying to expose somebody. Fake paperwork. They trying to make fake paperwork to make a man look bad. Why would somebody do that? Yeah. And they try to hide something that they in the feds. That's you know, but but on on the reality, when you put fake paperwork out on a person, you're trying to make that person look bad. Right. You're trying to slander you know, that person. Right. So, you know, like this, this is a problem and, and with this social media stuff, like when we came to Texas, bro, we came to Texas for a book side. You know, that sucker shit, man. Like you you these dudes are out here going out here and knowingly lying on people, man. You know, and then I'm gonna say this about what, um, and and, and this what when he the way he came in our room, this what let me you know gave me the impression that he just a buster for real. He came in our room tiptoeing, bro. He came in our room saying, "Gangster, you in here? Gangster, you it's gangster in here." You know, so he could say whatever he want to say in the mother rooms and, and they could take them clips on YouTube and everything else. And that man came in our room tiptoeing because he had already had an encounter with Brodock and people was like, hey, big homie, uh, uh, we know you somebody because we ain't never heard Wag humble himself like that to other people. See, that's the part people ain't seeing and people ain't hearing. Dude came in that room and he was tiptoeing. And when he saw that he wasn't just going to be on his top, that's when he started opening up a little bit. Yeah, and see, he knew this. I'm diplomatic. Right. I don't like arguing. So you get a little itch with me. But he knew gangster wasn't going to go for none of that. See, the thing is, uh, you know how 
you have a director and an actor, uh, uh, Dante. Yeah. And everybody knows that that's a good director, but he's a hell of an actor too. Yeah. But everybody, all the actors and actresses in the industry know behind the scenes, that's the guy to know. You have certain directors that don't nobody know, but all the actors and actresses know. Well, in the street life, all the cats that, the ones that got the, you know, everybody, everybody know outside of the street life, they all know me. I'm the one, no, I'm that director that they know. And they know the trend light here around this director. Even in their own right, when they, you know, same caliber of man I am, they still tread light because they know to bring ass, you got to get ass, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what he didn't understand was he peeping in that room on Gangster because Gangster is known from his Bud, Bud, Budweiser commercials to his interviews with Don Diva to the variety of his street life to the variety of his case to the variety of, in a good way, the infamy of, of his lowriderism and so forth. So Gangster is known on a global scale. But Gangster is the cat too that know the behind the scene cats such as myself you dig what I'm saying and Wack didn't know that but he did his homework of course but he also knows too my character is not an argumentative character I don't argue with men I argue with women because I don't hit them so I'll let that speak for itself okay so he came in that room like a little boy peeping around the corner to see if he caught and take some cookies out the cookie jar from mama he come in that room, hey, is gangster in here? Is gangster in here? Like the deer across the headlights. Yeah. Okay. I can come in here. Oh, I know Brian D don't do all that arguing, so I can get a little bolsterous and loud because Brian D gonna try to diplomatically calm me down because he's the kind of dude that don't like to argue. So I can come in here right. and be a little rise, but I still gotta watch myself with Brian D because, you know, they say he's a little crazy, man. You know, so I do gotta watch myself with him. But he gonna let me get off. Other people like gangster wouldn't let me get off, you know. Right. So it's a difference in us as individuals. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. So he came in that room and he got a little rah-rah, and that's why I say again, some of my guys was on the back channel and, and the slick room was on my head. So I laugh, I keep smiling because slick room crazy motherfucker, y'all. Y'all just don't know. And it was on my head, but you let this dude get away with this, that, another saying that. But like I said, no. And it's like I told forty clock, forty clock. You were angry. I didn't want you working with emotions and saying things that you would later on down the line regret. So I muted you because I knew you was coming tomorrow. So I wanted you to get a full issue of what this clown is saying about you. So tomorrow when you come with the real, you can attack it like a bulletin list. He said, this is not true. He said, this is not true. He said, this is not true. I have the proof, homie. Here you go, G, homie. This is the proof of that, the proof of that, the proof of this. So I let the clown get off everything that he had to get off, knowing that half of it was fraudulent. And then what happened the next day? 40 Glock came on our platform and we went over it, a bullet list of all the bullshit he was saying. And none of it was true. Mm. But if I, I don't want two dudes on our platform. See, United Streets of America presents Compton Ready. We don't have dudes arguing. We'll have dudes, you go, you go, you go, you go. But it's not going to be me or trying to over-talk you or out you or try that second-grade intimidation shit. That shit don't work with us. Yeah. You can't intimidate us with that rah-rah shit with that dog chained up in the backyard who barked, 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 and then he, one day he realized he off the chain, and he started barking like, oh, shit. I'm <laughs> off right. right. Yeah. So, right. talk about y'all uh, clubhouse room. When When is it? When are you guys uh, When are you guys going live on there? What days? What days? Tuesday. 
we we do Compton Ready every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and, and we working with a couple guys. Shout out uh, Lil Evil from out of Fort Worth. Shout out uh, the homie Mad Pumpkin from Neighborhood 111. Um, so we got two guys from Texas that we trying to um, get together, get their schedules right, because they go start doing the, uh, the room from Fort Worth and, and, and the DFW. You know? And we we expanding it. Um, shout out to my uh, little sister, Tracy, from Payback out of Baltimore, because uh, they going to be doing a Baltimore ready as real. You know, but our club is United Streets of America. But we also have another club uh, called Redfield Gang, where we don't talk about street life too much at all anymore. So we talk about history and culture and spirituality and things of that nature. You know, and um, that's equally important for people to understand that, you know, you got thinkers over here. The, the, yeah. the brothers, the brothers and sisters that come in our room and they, they end up hitting us on the back channel and thanking us and, and honoring us for, you know, being real men of integrity and morals and uh, uh, trying to be a part of the solution. You know, mm-hmm. see, even when we came, the uh, the Texas, you know, it, it's all about trying to stop things and being proactive because for so long our people have been reactionary, and we are the ones that through our through our wisdom of what happens in the streets and what potentially could go right or go wrong, we're trying to make sure that we circumvent, you know, the things that we did in the past to stop things from happening in the future. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, we we pretty much have something going in either one of those rooms every day. Yeah, you know, six so p.m. is not ready on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Six p.m. Pacific time. Right, right. Okay, okay. You know, and we don't. We, we, have, don't we have, always talk about. Go ahead, bro. No, you go ahead. No, we don't always talk about just street things and, and gang things we talk right. about what's trending what topics are trending you know then we have we have our co- our co-counterparts we have melly mel the hood postman who's on youtube right. you can check out him you can check out wednesday wisdoms with him just a snippet of the split game of wisdom we have we have we have we have, we have og og gangster you know he has og ent tv his show comes on he covers topics of everything street and state of the uh, state of the nation, whatever, you know, state of the state of the streets, state of the state, whatever, you know. So we, we, we have business partners that have dating, but our primary is United Streets of America and then what falls up under our umbrella. Okay. See, we have an umbrella of the United Streets of America presents Compton Ready, presents the Red Pill Gang. And like you said, Compton Ready comes on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. and is live. On Clubhouse. We don't have the argument. We don't have men. We don't have men calling each other bitches on our show. If a man get called a bitch on our show, that's that's. If we allow that to fly, there's something really yeah. wrong with that cat, man. Okay, so I say who's a bitch on our show? Who's in the bitch category? Six nine, you a bitch? <laughs> yeah, you a whole okay. so, The same thing, pedophile. So right. You the man, worst, worst in the criminal <clears throat> element. I think y'all should tap that in. Be called a bitch. I think y'all should tap in with Wack, man. I know he getting the check over there. Ain't no way he's spending all this time on Clubhouse and not getting the check. Oh, yeah, he can. He he's can setting up for we something. 
Yeah. Yeah, we know yeah, that. Yeah, of course he is. Y'all tap in with that, man. If somebody make an IPO or something, he's going to have a large percentage. Yeah. When they, when they do a Twitter, yeah. when they do a, a Twitter, a Twitter, a Facebook, uh, what's the other one? A TikTok. That's why I said, yeah. you know, if the dudes don't understand this, street dudes don't understand what I said to him. As far as I'm concerned, you are a social media marketing genius. I may not agree with how he's he's doing what he's doing, but he's creating controversy every day. Right. And drawing right. thousands of viewership. <laughs> right. So he has to be getting paid and kicked back. But the thing, but negates everything. You tearing down good young brothers and taking food off their table at the expense of your advancement. So you have no integrity as a fucking man. Right. Are you doing this to dudes, man? It doesn't matter if A B throws up a C or a B. He don't gangbang. So what right. do you want to tear him down for? It doesn't matter about, you know, now you sitting up here trying to tear down 40 Glock and put a snitch jacket on because you know 40 Glock still has this crew of hardheads that he runs with. I'm not saying he's engaged in criminal activity, but he's a dude that like, man, these are my day ones. I blow up, they blow up. You know, and his day ones aren't necessarily in the street light, but now you want to tear down his street credibility because he has a strong fan base of street dudes. So you want to just throw these false checks. So you, you, you picking and choosing who you want to destroy at the expense of lining your pockets with certain things, man. Right. And, it, and Ray Charles can see it. Yeah, it's, it's not hard to see. To do big old street dude. Yeah, it's not hard to I see if if, if Wack can monetize with watch you, this, then yeah, go ahead. But 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 see, we don't we bro, we don't give a fuck about money like that. But the check, I mean, yeah, I was about to say, all money ain't good money. His money ain't no good with yeah. us. We can't align yeah. ourselves so, with somebody lying to snitch. I don't give a fuck how much money it is. I resort back to the street life before I accept any money with that dude. Right. Remember that song J. Cole had about the abortion at the end? He said, what about your soul, nigga? <laughs> you know, that that that's the thing, man. We got souls, bro. And then I'ma I'm uh, let Bridal answer these questions that I'm about to ask him. Bridal, where, where gang went to high school at? Compton High. Okay. Um, what what uh what uh hood Compton High in? Compton High is surrounded by uh well we just go like this Cage Block Compton Crips Spooktown Compton Crips Palmer Block Compton Crips Park Village Compton Crips those are just surrounding neighborhoods there are no Damus that go to Compton High all Compton Crips go to Compton High there's no way a person could have went to Compton High for three or four years as a Damu and got by. You want to keep it real? God, game was running in Santana. There's no way that a, a Compton Pyro would have a black bandana on. Santana is one of the most notorious Compton Crip gangs on that side of Compton, and they wear black bandanas. That's akin to me saying, uh, "I'm a notorious. I'm a, I'm a bomb ass rapper out of Carver Park, and I put a burgundy bandana on on my first video." That's a Pyro color. Santana's a black color. You know. Then another thing, uh, a Compton, a Compton, a native would never tattoo Los Angeles on his face. He would probably put L.A. County. But he wouldn't put L.A. We're not from L.A. If you ask Snoop Dogg, where is he from? What is Snoop Dogg going to say? I'm from Long Beach. If you ask that kid out of Inglewood, Munchie B, where you from? He's going to say, I'm from Inglewood. If you ask uh, 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 Easy e where he's from, he's going to say, I'm from Compton. So 
there. That's on that. I just had to touch on that. I'm not slandering him. I'm just stating facts. Right. And, and let me say this. On my all-time uh, hip-hop list, man, I got Game as one of the most underrated rappers ever, bro. You know? So yeah, I dig his music. I know how to... Yeah, I know how to I know how to separate those things. I think he's one of the greatest rappers that don't get the accolades and the flowers because he he's super dope to me, mm-hmm. you know. But what I'm saying I'm I'm, I'm yeah. saying that to say is that this is the hypocrisy of Wack 100. Is what I want people to see. If he wasn't doing that, you'll never hear me say a motherfucking thing about the game because I understand how. Dudes have to do the different things that they have to do and make the moves that they have to make when they uh, uh, are getting into the industry, you know. So uh, I know how to separate the real street shit from the entertainment aspect of things. So the problem becomes, you know, when you want to get out here and talk about people being rapists or pedophiles and everything else. And, you know, Takashi 69 had a pedophile jacket. You know, you yeah. want to talk about you want to ask fake, fake bloods, fake crips, you know, and, and, and you got the history of dealing with the type of people that you deal with. It just ain't cool, bro. I mean, yeah. Baby and Lil Wayne, they wore blue rags. Do your history. Go back oh, to their old albums. Yeah. I don't understand how a man wakes up at the age of 41 and wants to become a gang member. That's hustling backwards. I'm a successful entrepreneur business owner who made the transition from streets and I've never been to Chicago and I wake up today and I'm a multi-millionaire and I say I'm a GD folks and I don't know shit about no GDs but I'm a GD folks and now I start dissing vice lords and I start dissing stones I'm a GD I'm telling you folks to the right folks you know it's the right way folks now, that's the same thing that Baby woke up one day and he decided, 40-something years old, that he's going to be a blood from California. The fuck going on with that picture? If that ain't hustling backwards, I don't know what is. At 41, you start sagging, showing all the contours of your buttocks. Come on, man, and talk about how street you are. But you've made a success of yourself, and now you want to align yourself with something so negative in anyone from the streets. And, and Dante, you know dudes from your platform, man's tapped in, has touched a lot of dudes' lives, and interviewed a lot of dudes, and every street dude you've talked to, you even know. Any street dude that hustles, the first thing he's doing when he get a piece of change is get a house the fuck away from that street life that he was in. Yeah, yeah. You don't go backwards. You're not going to be sitting in the projects with $5.3 million in a Rolls Royce parked in front of your project dwellings. Come on, man. So I don't understand these dudes. You know, you want to put on these images, but real dudes such as myself, who who you could look up Compton on page 118 and you'll see my picture. Oh, this guy was really in the streets. This guy gives as good as he gets. I got documentation where I got all these damn bullets in me, man. I wake up every morning to these bullets saying, good morning. I'm like, all right, man, can I get out the bed? Yeah, you can go get out the bed on me. Thank you. I got all our enemies of my neighborhood that surround us. All of them with me every day. I got three bullets in my stomach, one in my back, and one in my neck. I've been beat the fuck up, stumped the fuck out, shot the fuck up, stabbed the fuck up, ran over by cars, lost in one-on-ones. 
And I did my sheer fear of being that guy to people in that world. So see, I ain't gonna never sit up here. I ain't never lost a fight. I ain't got put on my motherfucking back. But you guess what? Part two is AM, standing for the aftermath. I came back on that ass. Yeah. You know, so these dudes sit up here and they they, they put these false narratives, man. You're not gonna get the false narrative on the United Streets of America presents on any of our rooms. You're gonna get the truth. If a dude called in on the show and said to me, YD, I was in MDC when you got your ass, but I'm like, hell yeah, that motherfucker keeps shit out of me, man. Goddamn. You know, a ID, I was in the county jail or a juvenile hall. I said, man, you motherfuckers know I can't fight. I just couldn't get to no goddamn knife. Yeah, that motherfucker worked me, man. And I'm going to say it with humor, but I'm going to say it with acknowledgement. I'm not going to sit up here and think about anything about me. And that's what too many of these dudes are doing because it's misleading the children. If a 12-year-old hear me say that I got my ass whooped, gonna be like hmm damn that dude they say he tough too and i don't want to get my ass whooped if he can get his ass whooped i can get my ass whooped but if you hear me say i ain't never lost a fight i got umpteen god dang bodies i got all this and that and this he gonna say shoot that dude get respect man i want to be like him and then right. his end game becomes a dead end game because i wasn't man enough to admit my truth yeah, yeah. i made poor choices yeah. You dig what I'm saying? So that's what we advocate, man. We ain't telling dudes to denounce where they from, to say they ain't that no more, whatever, whatever. We just pointing out that look, man, if we could succeed like this, you can. That's right. And we're gonna leave it like that, but man. We're not gonna compromise our integrity and do business with a dude that claims that's on par root. Every other word, acting like he up the streets, dealing with a rat. We'll yeah. never do business with him. Never. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Hey, Ru's daughter is starving, and we did and whacked out a deal on the table for Hey, Ru. Nah, Hey, Ru, I got this pistol. Let's go jump over a bank counter and feed your daughter. <laughs> That's what we're referring to before we do business with him. Yeah. Well, let's not yeah, let's yeah. not do that. Let's go figure out another business opportunity. There's another way to get it. You know what I mean? Man, I appreciate both of y'all, man. Bright dog. Money ain't good money, baby. That's right, bright dog. All money ain't good money. Hey, Rue, man, I appreciate y'all for tapping in with me, man. It's always a pleasure sitting down, chopping it up with y'all, man. Thank y'all. Yo, man, this has been the Tap In Podcast. Thank y'all for tapping in. Holla.